Hello there. Happy birthday, Eli. Happy birthday, Eli. Who? Um, is this your only? Is this your only happy birthday message to him? Because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Ah, uh, there are two things. One, his birthday was last Friday, right? Which was the date that we were supposed to record, and I still had that uh, that shout out at the top of my notes. Is that true? Is it true that it, we planned to record last Friday? Yeah, it was last Friday, right? And then I believe I believe your daughter's nap uh, was not napped. Oh yeah, that sounds right. She unnapped. Yep. Yeah. So massive shout out to Eli for his birthday last week. You can tell. I mean, you can just tell him that we recorded this on his birthday. He won't know. Right. Because there's going to be a short delay until the show comes out anyway. Yeah. Um, but it is also true that this person uh, refuses to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. And this person being one of my oldest friends in the U.S. and uh, my lodger. Old, oldest in that you've known, known him the longest, or he is just old? I guess both. Um, he's kind of my cutoff. I will not befriend anyone who is older, who is more senior than him. That's smart. Um, wait, are you older? Nope. Hmm. He claims that because my very first announcement of this show was a tweet that was self-deprecating and said, nobody listened to this show, it's terrible. Uh, he read that. He took that as gospel. He took that as Bible. Yeah, I mean, that's a compliment to you that he trusts you so much. I guess so. Anyway. You know? He says, Russell doesn't recommend it, or I'm not going to listen to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I just leave out my lists of recommendations around the house. He abides by them. Um, but, yeah. So that shouts out. Uh, the fact that it was a week late and... I know that he will never hear it. Uh, it just makes me feel good. It makes you feel good? It makes me feel good, like I'm getting my own back on him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. Everything is a zero-sum game, right? Yeah. Russell and John tell stories. Russell and John tell lies. They use their mouths and they use their ears. And usually no one cries. Uh, anyway, now that's over. Finally. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I spent the last three days. Uh, I told you a while ago that I was art directing this <coughs> company's holiday campaign, and we just finished the last three three days. We did 20 shoots in three days. Wow. Um, so it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of... You know, stress and all that kind of stuff, but it's done and I'm happy, so it's good. Uh, what comprises a, a shoot on this project? Um, a lot of things. Uh, the primary thing is a camera. There needs to be a camera. Mm -hmm. At least uh, one. Without a, at least one. Without a camera, it ends up being uh, just a bunch of people hanging out. Um, and you staring at them. And you staring at them. Um, the photographer was our good friend, Mako. You know Mako? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh and then Mako has her, her lackey. Mm-hmm. And then there's like models and other creative people and a props guy and all kinds of stuff. Bunch of stuff. It's fun. It's good. Yeah, that sounds like a bunch of work. Yeah, it was. Um so I'm good. So I'm done with that. I'm happy to be done with that. And I'm happy to take a break and uh, record an episode of whatever this is that we're doing. Uh, pliers. The tools in your toolbox. What are you talking about? You don't have pliers here? Do I own a pair of pliers? Yes. Sure. Why? How is that relevant? What are we talking about? Uh, is this a super funny joke that I missed? I mean, it's not that funny, but it was, it was up there. It was a solid seven. Yeah. Do you want to explain it? Because exp explaining jokes makes them funnier, so why don't you explain <laughs> it to me? I mean, it was a little of your standard wordplay. Uh-huh. Um, you being confused about the name of the podcast, me taking the actual name of the podcast, but then changing it. Oh, I see. So my, my mind immediately went to Imagineering which I think is a, a valid verb now, right? Yep. 
imagineering a an alternative podcast, which was called Players Question Mark. What's in your toolbox? Mm-hmm. I think so. It's tricky. I think that because you have an accent mm. that sort of tends to downplay our sounds. Mm. Oh, it does, right? I think also it wasn't. I think also it wasn't a funny joke. I think those are the two big things. I couldn't tell what you said, and it wasn't funny. Right. I mean, now that we are dwelling on it, it definitely does not seem funny at all. <laughs> and I feel like if it had just lived in a fleeting moment as it was supposed to. <laughs> it would have been uproarious. Right. Goddamn my, my soft R's. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. John, how are you? <laughs> Working. How am I? I'm great. Also tired. No, I'm fine. Have you heard my new, my new podcast, Pliers? <laughs> uh, what's the tagline on that? Uh, do you have them in your toolbox? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just uh, specifically about players. Mine was a lead-in to talk about. It's a pliers only. A range of tools, but no, no, I'm, I'm doing a pliers only podcast. Great. You got your you got your needle nose. You got your whatever the non-needle nose are called. I think just pliers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's at least two episodes. Yep, minimum. You texted me a while back, maybe. A month ago, and you said, Russell, comma, do you think we will reach 10 shows? Do you like that I put in a comma, even though it was just a text? Uh, that I took that care, that I took that care to punctuate appropriately? Sure, sure. It was fine. It was needless, but um, it was fine. But correct. Yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what were your concerns about us making or not making 10 episodes? I think mainly I was just thinking about you and that probably you were sitting around feeling kind of lonely and you would like to have a text from me. Oh, I mean, that's true. That was the first thing that popped into my head and I just said it. I didn't really mean it. I didn't care what your answer was. <laughs> I was just letting you know that I was there thinking of you. Is is 10, is 10 a specific number, a relevant number for you? I mean, I know you said that it either, either that text did not matter, but I feel like... Uh, the number 10 is important to you. Mm, not really. Okay. Well, may this show live to 100. Mm. Anything else? Any other business? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Are we good for the whole show or we're just good for the, uh, the pre-show? I think this is a, I mean, we've been recording for eight and almost nine minutes. So I feel like that's pretty good. Almost 10. Almost 10, the magic number. We can't have every episode be... 45 minutes, you know? I know. It drags. It drags for us. It drags for everybody else. Speaking of dragging. Uh-huh. Huh? Hmm. Should I ask how you are? Is that what you're... Are you fishing for me to ask how you are? How are you, Russell? Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, good. Um, I wanted to make this pre-show all about you, but it seems to have fallen flat. <laughs> so I think... We can talk. We can talk. <laughs> I, think. I mean, there's not much to say about me. I'm a pretty uninteresting guy. I think next show will make it all about me again. I just carry it along. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Here, here's the thing I'll tell you. I'll tell you about, about the photo shoot that I was on. One of them, we had a guy with his head submerged in water with a big fishbowl over his head. Uh-huh. And uh, we were all a little bit worried that he might. Like he was stood up and the fishbowl was upside down with a seal or the fishbowl was the right way up and he plunged his head into the fishbowl? Neither. Oh, you want, you want to guess again? <laughs> um, uh, they were both on their side and the camera was down below. <laughs> no, uh, the guy is upright. The fishbowl bottom has a hole cut in it with a seal to go around his neck. Oh. And then there's a hole in the top. Right. Uh, so we, we had him in there and we poured, before we poured the water, we had him in the fish tank and we're sort of putting pebbles in there and gave him like a snorkeling mask and things so he could breathe once the water went in. Here's the interesting thing about about uh, fish bowls when your head is in them, uh, they get really they get really warm. You get really warm, and you're on a set underneath lights, and you're wearing a jacket. And you have a fish bowl in your head, and you're breathing, and it gets really warm. And then you put the the goggles on, and they fog over. And if you're not a stunt person, you can get a little weirded out by this mm-hmm. <laughs> by being uncomfortably warm in a claustrophobic environment and not being able to see anything. 
and then we pour the water in and things get better for a minute because you cool down and you can see again kind of uh but then when the snorkeling mouthpiece starts to slip out of your mouth you have to give the thumbs down sign at which at which point everyone just comes in and turns you upside down and pours out all the water oh no wow was this model uh had he or she done prior work in the had submerged in water fields or was this just a good looking person that uh, you wanted for the shoot this is a handsome young man and he uh, is an employee at the company oh no and uh <laughs> he was we, we had another another shoot where someone was getting a fake face tattoo and he said he refused to do that one but he was very uh quick to agree to submerge his head in water so a very a very good sport yeah uh what is a fake a fake face tattoo in a shoot like they put in the needle with no ink and then it is a printable tattoo that they put on and then and then someone with a uh a tattoo gun stands there holding it as if they are tattooing uh, the person's face. It seems bizarre that he would rather almost drown in a hot studio than just have a temporary tattoo on his face. I agree. Hmm. But, you know, everyone's different. Everyone is different. Some people are strange. Yeah. Um, At least he was good looking. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch the Radiohead music video for No Surprises, maybe? Uh, while you were preparing for this shoot? No, I don't know what that is. I think the entire video of that is Tom York in uh, with his head in the fish tank or his head in some water. And hmm. he mouths the lyrics. That's pretty cool. I mean, I would say that was your, uh, your canonical uh, man drowning. Yeah, I guess so. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Now you finish with the shoot. <laughs> do you want do you want to tell tell I think you should tell the listeners the uh, URL of that YouTube video. Right. Uh youtube.com uh backslash radiohead uh question mark V equals eight seven two one seven six three ampersands no tracking equals true. <laughs> That's a joke that only uh, you as uh, as a developer could make. Most people wouldn't have any 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 idea what that URL would be. Most normies would yeah, uh, yeah would have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's incredible that that got a laugh uh, from you. <laughs> but my <laughs> my pliers, what's in your toolbox? Pliers, <laughs> pliers, what's in your toolbox? Elicited nothing. Yet you love a fake <laughs> URL. <laughs> Who doesn't love a fake URL? <laughs> uh, we'll find out when we get the uh, email responses to this we episode. Will. Yeah, many of them. Uh, <clears throat> lies or truths? Yeah. Whose turn is it? Uh, whose turn is it? I don't know. You you always keep track of whose turn it is. Yeah, I forgot. Episode seven. I think I won. Uh, let's say, let's say, let's say that Johnny goes first. Okay. Um, um, or should I look it up for uh, uh, for posterity? Okay. Uh, this is me literally going through my my podcast app. Uh, the last one was me was me showing off my my pet rabbit, and I went first. Okay. And then you backed up your car in the snow. That's right. So, uh, it is Johnny that goes first. Okay. Okay, uh, I'm reading through my list of things here. Okay, I've got it. I was once fired from a job at PBS because I made a coworker's computer say out loud once I accidentally killed a drifter. <laughs> <laughs> um. Very first question, straight off the bat. Okay. Uh, did you have any reasonable way to know if this coworker had or had not killed a drifter? Um, I couldn't know definitively whether or not she had. Right. Uh, my my assumption is that my assumption is most people have not killed drifters. 
Right. So I was sort of basing it off of that. So uh, you were not protected by the Whistleblowers Act? No. Nope. <laughs> hmm. Uh, and how did you make the computer say this? Uh, you know, you can, you can type in phrases into a Mac and have it say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And you can also set it up for like a, a, a key command thing. So if certain keys are pressed, that oh. then it activates that. that like a sh- right. Uh, so you set it up. So there was a shortcut, like a shortcut that you knew that she would do. Yeah. Like alt tab. Sure. Apple space. Uh-huh. Well, you, uh-huh. you, uh, you love these jokes <laughs> <laughs> right so she uh, she went away she went to lunch or something and then you you snuck into her computer or did uh, you remotely hack in and, uh, <laughs> and no I, uh, I waited until she stepped away and then I went in and I changed the settings and then uh, you know stepped back to my desk which was near hers Right. Uh, was she in a cubicle or a private office, or was she just out on the open floor? It was a cubicle. We shared a cubicle, so our two desks were in one. Oh, right. Um, and so no one else uh, could see you be tampering or hacking. I mean, I think they could have if they, you know, were a few feet away and actually paying attention, but no one probably would have thought anything of it. Right. Right. So you uh, you set up. You set up the shortcut, uh, uh, you got back to your desk, like feeling pretty good about yourself that uh, you got yep. away with it so far. Not pretty good. I felt great. I was high, you know. Great. Right. Yeah. You were, you were glowing. Yeah. Um, and so she comes back and then she sits down and describe what happens. Uh, she sits down. I think she was doing some work while talking to another coworker who was there. And she pressed the thing and, and the computer said, uh, you know, once I accidentally <laughs> killed a drifter and she was confused and he was also confused. And, uh, you know, I played it, I played it very straight as if I didn't know uh-huh. uh, what had happened. Yeah. I've, uh, um, I've seen your face many a time and, uh, there is never any sign of a single emotion upon it. So, <laughs> Whether or not there's a prank being played. Right. It is, yeah. Um, it's a straight face the entire time. Yeah. And what was uh, their reaction to it? Uh, <clears throat> I think the other coworker kind of laughed about it. Uh-huh. And the girl seemed uh, maybe like she didn't find it funny. Perhaps I had touched a nerve. Perhaps she had killed a drifter at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she <laughs> at one point was a drifter and someone tried to oh, kill no. her. Right. Uh and then, and then I think I, you know, admitted that I had done this hilarious prank, and uh, she just like walked away without saying anything. And then, um, then I think I was called to the boss's office. What was your seniority to each other, or your your positions? I was the lowest level possible. I was a temp, so I was just a guy who was brought in to. Uh, to do whatever you know I was doing there to prank people, yeah, and she was a permanent worker, correct, yeah, but otherwise, like you were doing the same role, but you were just a temp um no, I think I imagine that she had you know some sort of a more defined role. I was kind of just doing whatever stuff was needed of me mm-hmm. um had you been doing other small pranks around the office, or you were straight in with this one? Uh, no, this is my first my first prank, so I was really jazzed about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> ready to That's show it. off what ready to show off what <laughs> I could do. Um, I imagine, knowing your age, I imagine that this was uh, was in a time when you wouldn't have even considered to film it on your mobile phone and then upload it to a viral website. So this just all happened in a a non documented way. Correct. There's no there's no video evidence. There might, there might, there might, there might be like a security camera, like like an old black and white security footage, without any audio of her <laughs> just uh-huh. looking over her shoulder and, and giving me a dirty look. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's hard to imagine a time that people would prank other people not for the benefit of the internet. Yeah, just doing it for their own joy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it seems almost weirdly sick and twisted. Mm-hmm. Almost. 
Right, so she got up, she, um, I assume she went to her manager or a manager, and then you were called in. Correct. Did you see her again before you were called into the office? I think that I saw her after that. I think I, I spoke to the manager, and I had a talk, and, and they explained that I should leave. And uh, then I saw the girl at the, at the drinking fountain, and uh, I apologized, and I said that I was sorry for you know, making her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, she said it was totally cool. No problem. But like very quickly walked away. So it was like a very, very clearly was a problem. Wow. Wow. So not only did you make her feel uncomfortable once you then cornered her <laughs> yeah. by the water fountain and then made her feel uncomfortable two times all over again. Right. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is classic behavior. Yep. Well, um, I was expecting for a second uh, you to be called into the manager's office and uh, the manager to say, well, Jenny has just come to us and said that you know that she killed a drifter <laughs> and she's resigned. But unfortunately, we're going to have to let uh, you go too because you're going to have to serve on the, uh, the jury in her case. Yeah. Uh, sadly, that did not happen. There were no prizes for your, uh, your prank uh, gone wrong. No, she she got away with it. Right. Uh, well, did you see it as a prank that um, had gone wrong, or were you looking for a way out of a mindless temp job and were just trying to <laughs> sabotage it? No, I saw it. She, she's she's someone who you know we we had the same cubicle together. We had a relationship. I felt that she understood my humor and would not you know be surprised or uh, find it objectionable, but she did. Right, so like I didn't feel in any way like it was bullying. It felt like you two have been laughing about the same stuff and that it would be funny. Correct. Yeah, I had <clears throat> I had drawn a funny drawing that she liked and it was a very off-color drawing and uh, she'd <laughs> taken it home with her. She liked it and like hung it on her fridge. Oh, she so, hung it on her fridge? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Temp Johnny. Temp Johnny, yeah. Off-color drawings. Murder jokes. Yep. Well, hmm. I th- I think. I mean, the prank seems um, entirely true and kind of funny. I think you mean. I think you mean super funny, right? Super funny. Yeah. I oh, was this your first prank in a workplace. Good question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Dipping a toe in. Yeah. What type? Of company was it? I mean, was it like a straight laced like? It was. I told it was PBS. I said that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you did. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you would think they would just be, uh, you know, a crazy bunch up for whatever fun antics. Exactly. Fun antics. Fun antics. It wasn't like um, an office of accountants. Correct. In the nineteen eighties. Correct. But it was in the nineteen eighties. I assume. This is nineteen seventy two. <laughs> uh, you're younger than I thought. Yep. I I think I think that the prank the prank did happen. The prank did happen, and you did it because the coworker and you uh, had had been having hilarious times, and and this was another hilarious thing. I think it maybe backfired on a little bit because another person who neither of you were that close to in the workplace was nearby and heard it and then it got weird. But I, I don't think that you were fired. So I think it's a lie because everything is true, but you weren't fired. Okay, it's all true. <laughs> surprise, effing surprise. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, <clears throat> um, the drawing that I had done was a drawing of a cartoon character on PBS, Arthur. He's like an aardvark. Do you know mm-hmm. Arthur? Yes. And I don't remember what he looked like or what he, maybe he had like a word balloon say, and he was saying something. It was very off color and this girl thought it was hilarious. And she took it home and put it on her fridge and then the next day told me it was on her fridge. And it seemed really strange that she, I think I touched on some kind of a nerve with the thing. And I think it may be because I touched her computer. I don't know exactly what it was, but it mm-hmm. was just a, a very... A total 180 from how we'd been uh, right. interacting with one another uh, that she just 
was so so offended by this and then immediately went to the boss and wow and uh ratted me out uh there wasn't even like any like any dialogue or conversation between the other prank happening and her, and her just walking away nope i mean she looked to you in a in negative way but then she just went yeah well did you learn any lessons uh <clears throat> did i learn anything no nope, nothing <laughs> nothing at all maybe uh you've got to show a co-worker at least three off-color drawings about uh one of their beloved intellectual properties and get the approval before you can prank three seems like a reasonable number yeah yeah wow um, I'll tell you this is another little side anecdote about this job. Oh god. Uh-huh. Do you know do you know Bob Bob Vila? Bob Vila? He had a show on PBS called This Old House, and he was a guy who would go around, I guess, repairing old houses. Um, I know the show This Old House. Is that the same show, but he's just not on it now? Correct. I think he was he was the guy who started that show for years and years, and then I think of it I don't know if he died or I have no idea what he's doing now. But uh at one point they had me they had to send out a bunch of autographed Bob Vila like glossy eight by tens. <laughs> Is it eight by tens or eight eight by tens? Uh, sure. You know, big photos of him. And they didn't they they had to have them autographed for all these people who would like deserve them for some reason. And uh Bavila, of course, was was not a, a resource that they could actually access. So they had me forge his signature on them and then they sent a bunch of them <laughs> a bunch of them out to people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um how many did you say that you did? Twenty, thirty. Well, uh, do you ever look uh, these up on eBay to see if uh, any of your forgeries are um, exchanging hands for real money? I think my forgeries were so perfect, Russell, that I would be uh, unable to distinguish them from the real thing. Yeah, you could really have turned that around against them when you were let go. I could have. I should have. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah. maybe this is the time. Should I do it now? Yeah, I mean, blackmail them, get my job back. Yeah, right now, live on air on this non-radio show. I am. I'm blowing the whistle on PBS. <laughs> um, I think legally you can claim your back pay from the date that you were fired. Sweet. Yeah. I'll get on it. Uh, so there you go. I think it looks like you were wrong, Russell. Well. You're wrong again. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> what did you do next? Like you were fired, you went home, you sat in your chair with a... Uh, with a pizza on the TV, and you're like, "Wow, I blew that." Uh, the first thing I did was I think I called the the woman from the staffing agency who had gotten me uh-huh. the job, and I apologized profusely because she was a friend. Oh no! Um, so I felt especially bad uh, that that would reflect poorly upon them. And then <clears throat> uh, that was it. This is we, we spoke in another episode about my. Uh, my job selling bootleg CDs on eBay. Um, And this was around the same time. So I think I kind of didn't follow up with any work for a while after that. I just, I just, uh, I uh, just kept working on the CDs. You were a grifter, some might say. I was, I was a a grifter forging signatures and uh, selling bootlegged merchandise on the internet. Right. From grifter to a drifter prank and then back to grifter again. Yep. Well, it's uh, I'm a colorful life that you have lived. <laughs> so so colorful. <laughs> let's hear let's hear your story. Oh, okay, okay. My story is: I once fell off a boat at night in Germany. Fell off as in into the water. I yeah, I fell off into the water. So it was nighttime. Was it dark out? Because like it can be nighttime at nine p.m. and still be light out. Yeah, by nighttime I meant it was dark. Uh, it was it was probably like an hour after sunset. It was in the summer, uh, and we um, I was with some people that I uh, that I did not know on a boat that were having, I think, a birthday party for someone that I did not know. Okay, did you just crash this boat party? Um, I was there with a friend who I was visiting in Bremen in Germany. Okay. Uh, And so I knew him, but I was, I mean, I didn't know him that well. He had, he had worked uh, for my company um, in Copenhagen over one summer. And I was just visiting him because I think I was, I was like in Cologne 
Um, and Bremen was nearby. Is that right? And I took a train there and I stayed with him overnight. And then he was like, oh, this friend that I have is like having his 30th birthday party on this cool boat. And we went out there and it was still daylight and this party was up on deck. And then I lost lost track of this friend in the, the throng of revelers. Mm-hmm. And by the time the incident had happened, then it was nightfall. Yeah, it was dark. Walk me through the moments of you falling off. How do you manage to fall off of a boat? Are you are you pushed because somebody doesn't like you? Or are you running to show off and you slip? What happens? By show off, I mean show off how fast you can run. <laughs> I was like, hey, everyone. <laughs> Look, I can't speak German, uh, but I'm hoping uh, that you will all understand this. I'm now going to show how fast I can run on a slippery deck. Watch this. <laughs> No, well, uh, there was some backstory. So we, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we had gotten there and we were all up on deck and, you know, there was there was bunting, maybe um, like an open grill. I think this boat, it was like an old-timey boat, but I think it was like permanently docked. In, uh, when you say old-timey, what do you mean? With a big water wheel in back? Yeah, maybe. Like a Mickey Mouse boat? Yeah. I mean, like a bigger boat, like a galleon or something that... Um, had maybe been restored and was just kept in the harbor. Like, I don't think it sailed. It was probably just there to be rented out for, for parties. Events. Yeah. Right. yeah, like maybe it uh, was a museum in the day. I'm not sure. And so we were all up on deck. Uh, you know, there were cocktails. It was a like a fancy, like a low-key but also fancy-ish party. Like an event that had been organized. Okay. Um, it was catered, I guess, is the word right. I'm looking for. And then my friend had like walked off, which I was fine. There were plenty of people to see. So I was just, I was like alone and like trying to like butt into conversations or to make friends, um, which was, I was difficult mm-hmm. because everybody was speaking in German. I mean, they could, right, yeah. uh, they could all speak English. Okay. But obviously, um, like I would have to make them change the language of the conversation. So my my attempt to draw some attention from the crowd onto me, like just enough to like maybe invite me over and um and let me join one of these groups was to take down the the rubber ring, I guess like the life saving ring that was up on a boat uh-huh. um, and then just put it around my neck and then just like I'll be walking around wearing that. You're talking about the the life preserver? Is that what those are called? Life yeah. What are those rings called? Yeah, I think in the UK, like, in a, um, a colloquial way, it's um, it's like a rubber ring, but they're not made of rubber, right? I'm not okay. sure. Anyway, but yeah. So like you, the life saving device. You've put this around your neck, right? Uh, those, like, orange and white striped yeah. rubber rings. Um, it may have, e- um, have even said, like, emergency use only on it in German. And for, and for you, this was an emergency. <laughs> you needed people to pay attention to you. Right. Yeah. Like I saw that and my basic German meant uh, that I could translate it. And I was like, well, uh, this is definitely a social emergency. And so, <laughs> and so yeah. um, I put it on expecting it to be um, a solution. And it did, it did work. Like I was walking around and then, uh, yeah, some people would just come up to me and ask me why I was wearing it. Um, it wasn't quite the funny conversation starter that I um, had imagined. Not right. Not too stereotypal Germans, but uh, they took it pretty much um, at face value of just like, why, uh-huh. why would you be doing that? I was like, it's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, <laughs> I've got no friends. I'm trying to make a conversation. But um, uh, I ended up talking to uh, some people and I was having a nice time. Uh, but I was getting, I was getting fairly drunk uh, on okay. these these aforementioned, uh, these catered cocktails. Any, any more questions? <laughs> well, I mean, I said, uh, my last question was, walk me through the moments of when you fell off the deck. Right. And you've walked me through everything up until that point, so I thought you were going to continue with the story and eventually get around to answering the question I asked. Right. From a logical or um, a rational standpoint, you are completely correct. Um, but I think... Yeah. If we um, if we think back to your story, <laughs> then like the uh, the thing uh, the thing that makes like 
like good conversational dialogue for an audio pro audio production, <laughs> isn't it? And that's not just like one person saying, okay, I'll just tell the entire story. Uh, there's a little bit of <laughs> on, on a back and forth of building on what the other person has just said. One person pauses uh, to get some air for a break. The other person, they step in. <laughs> it's, it's pretty standard stuff, I think. <laughs> but, but sure. Uh, I can tell the entire story from start to finish. <laughs> and you can just wait for me to trip up. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I said was, walk me through the moments of when you actually fell off. Like, how did you actually fall right. off? Uh, and he went, he went into this long tirade about stuff that I didn't ask about. I mean, there was some backstory. So I thought, I thought, I thought you were getting to how you managed to fall off of a boat. Okay. Uh, so that's why I was just, I was holding my breath and waiting for you. And then you just stopped talking. So, right. Well, okay. The scene has been set, right? So there's, uh, there's Russell wearing a, a life preserving ring, right? Orange and white stripes. He's, uh, He's put it on as a way to make friends or to enter conversations. Um, it's kind of working. He's got drunk. So literally, right now, all you all, all you're doing all you're doing is recapping everything you already told me, which right. already wasn't what I asked you about. So if we think back, we've got Russell. <laughs> He's on a boat. He was born uh -huh. in 1979. He, uh, okay. <clears throat> okay, so I think I mean. I was fairly drunk at this point, but I think that as nightfall had fallen, uh, the most of the party had moved downstairs into a room uh, below deck. Okay. And there was just um, a smattering um, of people who were on deck, uh, whatever the term is, up top. I was nautically up top. Okay. And a few of these like straight-faced, uh, these straight-faced people that were, um, were not... Like they were kind of enjoying like poking fun at me for wearing this ring, and it wasn't like, yeah, like this is funny because like you put on a ring and like, in like a knowing way we know that oh, that it's funny. It was just like, who is this idiot? Let's just right like not be mean to me, but just like mock me, um, as if I wasn't aware of it, right? And so they were, yeah, were like asking me like if I was, I don't know why I was wearing it, and like, was I scared that I was going to fall overboard? And um, and being very drunk and getting kind of annoyed with with them just like poking at me, um, or, or, like needling me about this thing that was obviously meant to be funny. Uh -huh. Then I climbed over the railings of the boat, and I was like, um, "I'm wearing it because I love to do this. It's a thrill." And then I was on the other side of the railings on the on the ship, and a mixture of being drunk and maybe it was slippery. Then I slipped, and. I fell into the water. You were wearing a life preserver. I was wearing a life preserver. Great. Yes. Um, it did not help my case for, uh, for them thinking that I was just insane. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and did anyone do anything? Did, they, did anyone jump off to save you? Did anyone yeah. call man overboard or did they just continue with the party? Yeah, the people, uh, the people that I was just talking to that, uh, that came over to the edge and and they were just looking at me. Do, do they throw, throw you throw you throw you a second life preserver? Oh well, firstly, obviously the boat was like I was docked. Um, I fell over the uh, the far side into the water, but the boat was not moving, so um, it wasn't that bad. And then maybe the fall was was like twelve feet um, or something. Right. I mean, I fell like feet first, and I think maybe I like banged my my jaw on the the life preserver, but it stayed on me. Uh huh. I mean, I was like in shock at what had happened because obviously, and like, despite me saying that I was going to do this, it was not my plan. Right. And then, like, I remember looking up, and these people that I had been talking to um, had come to the edge and were just like looking at me, like, "What is he going to do next? Like, this is this is a very interesting <laughs> man." <laughs> um, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Help! I fell!" Uh, like, just like giving up on the like playing along with uh, with them, thinking that I I was insane, and like actually asking for help. Because it was scary, and then like maybe they like realized that I uh, that I wasn't just insane, and um, I jumped in, and they like directed me over to um, a ladder, and like a third of the way down the boat that was I uh, was down there, uh -huh. and the ladder was like almost um, in the water. So. so you you climbed back up the ladder, 
you came back into the party soaking wet. Yeah. And you just continued, you continued as if nothing had happened. Um, I got back up on deck uh, where there were just these people uh, that I had been talking to. Um, and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And I just fell. Um, I'm drunk. And they made sure that I was okay. And I obviously walked away uh, being very, very confused. And then everybody else, I was downstairs. And so I just sat up on the top of the deck until my friend came up. Um, or I think maybe like someone else had come up and then um, I asked them to uh, to get my friend and bring him up. Right. And then we went home. And your friend looked at you and said, I don't know who this guy is. I went back into the party. Like he might have seen me putting on the ring like as a goofball. Right. Um, like an hour and a half ago um, or whatever. But um, um, I had to explain what had happened. I mean, I think like he and everyone just assumed that I was a drunk English idiot. Sure. And um, it could be explained away that way. But yeah, but then I remember that we, I think we had taken a train from like where he lived in Bremen out to the coast. And I remember we, uh, we had bikes that we had ridden from the train station to the dock, uh, the coastline. And I can't remember if they were like, like his bikes that we took on the train or they, it was like a rental bike scheme. I remember us having to ride the bikes back um, at like 11 p.m. or something to this small train station, and I was still dripping wet, and it was just a miserable end to the evening. Okay, well, I'm sorry this may or may not have happened to you. Wait, you are sorry? I mean, I feel like most of my stories are just like like sad things uh, that happened to me, but uh, I mean, this seems clearly like it's my own fault. A sad thing you did to yourself, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, ultimately, I feel like all of your stories are things you've done to yourself, <laughs> you know, just from life choices. Yeah, this was a life choice. There was no reason to go to a party on a boat where I knew one person. No, I feel like I feel like this is a lie. Mm-hmm. But you tell it you tell it with such sincerity. The, the part to me that sounds like a lie is the part where you put on a life preserver to get people to talk to you. To get people to talk to me? Yeah. Have you... I feel like mm-hmm. you, I feel like you wouldn't do anything quite that attention getting. That's my thought. But then I feel like then I feel like if there was a portion of the story that was a lie, it would be that you didn't fall off the edge, but that you pretended to and you almost did, and then you climbed back on. Well, I was. Um, how old was I? This was. I was probably like twenty eight. Yeah, I don't know. I feel uh, maybe we just haven't hung out. Um, in social situations. But I think like my dealing with like nervousness in social situations used to often come out in uh, like vaguely goofy things. Right. And in my 20s, maybe more so. Sure, because you're younger. I mean, now I'm just extremely relaxed in almost any situation. And the people love me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but back then it was different. Or I felt different anyway. Right. Hmm. I also find it hard to believe that your friend would just walk away and leave you alone at the party if you don't speak the language. Yeah. I mean, again, like everyone did speak English. Like it wasn't like, oh, they didn't. It's just much harder to get to talk to like new people that you don't know when the conversation that they're having already is um, is in a different language, right? So maybe he didn't like fully understand that. Did you try at any point to walk up to some people and and just start speaking in like German gibberish Uh (laughs) to to join the conversation? Um, I have walked up to uh, to some Danish people um, and spoke entirely um, in English uh, with like a fake Danish accent uh-huh. uh, to see how long I, um, I could get away with it. And it worked for a while. That was fun. Okay. Mm. And I was probably 31 then, uh, for context. Right. Okay. I can't decide. I feel like it's true now. I feel like it's true. I'm going to go with true. Uh, well, firstly, I think it's uh, uh, the perfect story when uh, like you can't decide up until the last moment, right? Yeah. Well, well played, Russell. A masterclass in Liars, the podcast. Uh, well, it's, it's false. It is false? It's not true. Should have stuck with that. The second week in a row. Is any part of it true? The boat party is true. The part where you had a friend. The part when I went to see a friend's in Bremen, in Bremen, um, how do you say it, is true. The part where we went to 
uh, one of his friend's birthday parties on a boat, and I only knew him as true. But no, um, I just had a wonderful time, and everybody was very nice. And I didn't even put on a life preserver as an attempt to make friends. Do you, do you, do you think that you ever, ever would do something like that? I mean, I have done things. It does seem terribly, terribly desperate. <laughs> it does. I don't know. I mean, I think I would have done it. No, maybe not. But the things that I've done are normally, like, I'll make a mistake and then, like, I'll lean into it a, a bit. Like, I remember meeting a group of people um, and I think I, like, sat down in one of the chairs and then I came back and then I just, like, refused to move for ages as, like, a joke. Right. That's, a good, that's better than your pliers joke. <laughs> um, it's better than my pliers joke. It is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that still seems pretty good. Like, if you take into account how quickly I came up with it, like, you just, I mean, it was like improv. Like, you threw down the premise, which was, right. here's a podcast host that, that has forgotten the name and topic of his own podcast. And then I took that, and I, and I, just, I just ran with it. Yeah. You did. It was pretty good. It was really something. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that I would have would have done that. And I'm pretty risk adverse, even when I'm drunk. So I don't think that I would I would ever have um, climbed over the side of the boat. Hmm. I feel like I feel like you you should have to now go do this. Uh huh. Put on a life preserver and jump off a boat. Like a previous time that I told a lie about working on a construction site. Yeah. And you guessed correctly that. It was, uh, that it was a lie, but you said that if I actually went to do it, then I could uh, get the points. Correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you're saying... Yeah, that still stands. Uh, you're saying now uh, that I can double the point that I got from this round if I, um, if I actually go you back to... Double it. If I go back to Bremen and, and do it. Hmm. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in L.A. Huh. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, if you can do it in L.A., then you can do it anywhere, right? Exactly. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, you beat me. Um, have I ever told you about the time that I was up at the observatory um, in Los Angeles with a friend? And we were, uh, were walking around and I was just being silly. And I uh, was saying very loudly that, uh, that did she know uh, that Los Angeles meant the Big Apple in Spanish? <laughs> and then uh, some tourists who may have also been German behind us. Then I stopped us and said, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you so much. Very useful. <laughs> I didn't tell them the truth because I just felt so awkward and dumb. You did not tell me about that. I think the best jokes are the ones where you're not intending to make someone believe a joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing it for the amusement um, of my friend and I. But I got overheard by uh, a tourist. I once, um, <clears throat> my very first job was was at Little Caesars Pizza Uh it's a pizza place where you, you order, there's no delivery, so you order in the restaurant or you can call it. And a guy came in to order, and we had the, the pads of paper with the carbon paper, and you, you take down the order. And the whole time I was doing it, I held the pen in my hand the way that you would hold like a rod. You know, I didn't hold it like a pen, I just held my fingers wrapped around it the way you'd hold a, mm -hmm. you know, any sort of a long cylinder. And as I took the order, I just scrawled the order and I wrote it in a very, you know, as if I didn't really know how to use a pen or knew how to write. And, uh, the guy said, and I was just doing it to entertain myself. And the guy said, he said, do you always write like that? And I very straight face said, said, yeah. And then he, um, we finished the order and he paid for it. And as he was walking out, he said, he said, Hey, you take care of yourself. You're doing great. <laughs> oh. Cause he thought, he thought I was an right. idiot. Uh, yeah. That's adorable. He was a very nice guy. That's very sweet yeah. Of him, you he seems <laughs> uh, yeah. He seems great. I mean, yeah. that's like a little better because, like, like in some way, you gave him a tiny bit of joy. Like in that world, uh, then people who are are lacking in some way uh, can still make it. They can still get a job, right? And you probably gave yeah. a newfound belief in the world. He went home. He told his wife. He's like, "I saw the greatest thing today." Right. Yeah. This, this illiterate kid, he got a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little different. Um, like I just sent some Germans back to, back to Germany thinking that Los Angeles means the Big Apple. Yeah. 
<laughs> a little mean. It's okay. <sighs> okay. Well, thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Russell. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah, let's not not too soon. Well, I think this is episode nine, right? Or is this episode eight? I think this is nine. I don't hmm. know. Then maybe the next one is ten. How exciting! Um, wait, I'm gonna look on the uh, uh, I'm gonna look on the Pliers website. <laughs> uh, according to our very own website, we have. <clears throat> it's not loading. Oh, there it is. It's loading very slowly. Look into that. I'll do some optimizations. We have we we have created eight episodes. This is number nine. Well, well, yeah. The website is the canonical lists of Laya's episodes. Yeah, we started our first episode is from January, so we are currently at about one per month. Uh, this seems pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Not bad at all. Well, nope. Go us. Okay. And then one more episode, and then we can pivot into pliers. What's in your toolbox? Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Okay, bye, John. Bye. Love you. this bit out.